You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where a lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil, I'm here with Jeff, Ken, and Matt, and it is a new era, well, coming soon, Jeff, right? I mean, this is the last day that we're going to be using our original recorder, which we've had for four years. Yeah. I feel like I'm finally getting 100% of Neil, though. That Well, it is 100% of Neil uh, all the time uh, for free. Uh, but uh, the reason we're mentioning that is uh, it's just sort of a big thank you to all of our patrons. Our Patreon supporters have made it possible for us to get some brand new equipment that we're going to ins- install uh, next week. So new, s- new mics today. New mics today. But uh, yeah, new recorder console starting next week. So we just wanted to say thank you to all of you for making that possible. Um, and Ken, how are we sounding so far? Uh, we're sounding good. Um, I think we are going to send this original recorder off on a on a Viking funeral. Okay, who's who's shooting the arrow? Oh, that's going to be me. Okay, that makes sense. Is that what you call selling on eBay now? I don't understand. <laughs> what are we doing? Viking funeral. Yeah, you go on eBay, you sell something, and as soon as they get it in the mail, then you shoot hey, an arrow that's flaming. We ought to flaming be able to get arrow. like twenty or thirty dollars if we put official triviality first recorder. So. Uh, I think it'll devalue actually. <laughs> I think it goes right to the Smithsonian, if you ask me. Go to the pawn shop in Vegas, and I'll go, well, I'll give you 20 bucks for it. <laughs> Best I can do is two bucks. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, thank you one more time to all of our Patreon supporters. And speaking of Patreon supporters, we have uh, a room full of them today joining us for the show. Uh, we're going to start first with our special guest contestant coming to us from St. Louis. She is an Oakland Five supporter on Patreon, and that is Mary Randazzo. How's it going, Mary? Uh, it's going well. Um, it's finally slightly warmer than freezing for a whole day. Yay. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of nice. Yeah, it's been a bad February. It has too much snow, too much ice, uh, just, yeah, very grim all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so Mary, I think you might be the first person on the show who has a really badass painting behind you, uh, that we've been staring at the entire time. Can you tell us a little bit about what that is behind you? Uh, okay. Well, the painting, that's one that I'm, I'm trying to finish. I'm kind of casually making my way through, uh, an art degree. Uh, and that's what I started last semester. Um, but it's based on a, a druid Dungeons and Dragons character and all of her animal companions. So very cool. It's been fun. 
Yeah, it's looking really cool. We'll have to take a, a screenshot of this. Uh, or maybe we'll wait until you're finished. I know you said it's a work in progress. So once it's done, you should let us know. We can post it because it's really cool. Absolutely. Awesome. Uh, well, joining uh, us today, uh, as I said, uh, are another pair of Patreon supporters. And I believe it is the first husband and wife hosting team we've ever had, which is super, super exciting. Um, they're coming to us from Iowa, and that is Sebastian and Shanna Spear. How are you today? Doing well. Doing well. And uh, what uh, what are you doing out in Iowa? Hopefully not shoveling too much snow. <laughs> well, we will be after today because it, it's certainly snowing today. But um, I we live right outside Ames. I work for Iowa State with the University Innovation Alliance, um, and that uh, that just means that we make programs and and. Uh, other efforts to help students graduate. Um, so that's what I do during my day when I'm not listening to trivia and things like that. It's a really fun title you get to say. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's pretty, it, it makes me feel real fancy. <laughs> I told people when he got the job that uh, he just wanted it for the title. <laughs> <laughs> Goes great on a business card. And how about you, Shanna? Uh, I am a librarian, and uh, I just started a, a new position at a new library a couple of weeks ago, so I'm still learning the ropes there. Congratulations. A literature technician, I believe, is the official term. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Today's episode, as I mentioned, uh, Mary has a painting behind her, uh, and Shanna has a really cool mirror that has multiplied her by 10, 15 times, so she looks either like Bruce Lee from Enter the Dragon, or as Jeff said before we started recording, uh, Doctor Strange. Uh, is there, what is it? What's it called where he goes through? Oh, the Mirror Universe. The Mirror Universe. Thank you. Uh, well, thank you both for joining us today. Uh, I'm, I didn't even realize that uh, you worked at Iowa State. I went to University of Iowa, so there's already a feud there, I guess, that was born many <laughs> years before. Uh, and Shanna, uh, you are a li librarian, so I suppose you can never really meet Leslie Nope in person. Otherwise, you'll argue with her. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we appreciate you all uh, for joining us today. Uh, I believe Ken and Jeff, you're going to team today. Yeah, and uh, since we were talking about D&D &D earlier, we are going to be Critical Failure. Critical Failure, all right. And Matt, you and Mary are going to team together, and what is your team name? We are, and I don't know anything about Dungeons & Dragons, so I left this one up to Mary. Uh, and I just went with uh, every gamer's, uh, you know, needs, always needs more dice. So we're going to be always, always need more dice. More dice. Or, all right, and not the uh, Andrew Dice Clay variety, but actual dice that you roll. Actual dice. Yeah, nobody needs yeah, more America Andrew decided Dice Clay. we didn't need more dice, to be honest. <laughs> we left him in <laughs> 1992 or wherever that was. Uh, and as our host today, uh, Sebastian and Shanna, any uh, pick for the rules read? Would you like regular, Dutch, Gilbert Gottfried? What would you prefer? Chris Hansen. Chris Hansen. Let's just go with regular. Classic. All right, they've chosen classic rules reading. Let's see how perfect he is today. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager zero to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. Much like uh, New Coke, classic is just always better. True, especially when it has real sugar, which Darren always brings. All right, uh, we'll take it away, Sebastian and Shanna, and I will just be here keeping score. Sounds good. Um, all right, so we do have category names in them. 
Um, some of them are going to be big hints and some of them are not. And some of them are very, very deep hints that may not be in any way useful. So just keep that in mind as you go. I'll be sure to let that um, get in my head. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to start off with round one, question one. The category is a square peg in a rectangular hole. Um, the question is, there are three national flags that do not follow the standard two to three rectangular ratio. Nepal and Vatican City are two of them. Name the other country. We are locked in. Oh, man, Jeff locked in. Um, <laughs> I knew it, too. You shut up, Matt. I knew a flag question. Uh, I know. Uh, Nepal and Vatican City are the two that I can name off the top of my head. Do you know the third one? I, I don't. That, that and Ohio State are, are like the only... The only ones yeah. I am aware of. Um, I think it's, if I remember, it starts with an M. I don't know if it's Monaco, but it might be. Are you okay I, locking in with that, that one? That sounds good to me, yeah. Okay, we're going to lock in with Monaco. Ooh, so close. I mean, it's in <laughs> it's in Europe, I guess. Um, I think the hint was a big one here. Uh, I think he said square peg in a rectangular hole because uh, the two squared flags are Vatican City and Switzerland, which was the unnamed one. Mm -hmm. yep. And that is correct. The uh, the correct answer is Switzerland. I was not close. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're in the right. I mean, area. geographically, kind of. Yeah, Switzerland's not that far from Monaco. <laughs> Maybe a few hundred kilometers. <laughs> moving on <laughs> round one question two the category is i don't think we're in kansas anymore the american kennel club groups dog breeds into the following categories sporting hound working terrier toy non-sporting herding and miscellaneous how many of these eight groups can be won by a dog whose breed name contains the word terrier? All right, we will lock in with a guess here. I don't know. Uh, I think. I, well, I think if they're in one category, they're they're probably. not in the other, and vice right. versa. Right. So I think at least four, but there's probably maybe there's one more. Do you want to go five? I like five. Yeah, because okay. we can okay. probably rule out at least a couple. So yeah. Yeah. Okay, we'll go five. I guess we'll just go one more and say six. Sounds good. good. Just a guess. All right. So the answer is five. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so the categories that they can win are terrier, obviously, toy, working, non-sporting, and miscellaneous. Mm. Our reasoning was even close. That was, yeah. that was a good one. <laughs> I think if I were in the uh, the dog show, I would be in the non-working category. <laughs> <laughs> Just a, gig, a gig economy category. You were right there. Yeah. All right. Uh, round one, question three. The category is goalies just want to have fun. Um, within one, how many career goals did Patrick Waugh score? Okay, I think we're locked in. Okay. Mm -hmm. I forgot you were a Roy boy over there. Big expert on law. <laughs> uh. no, he's a Roy boy. <laughs> uh, Mary, what are you thinking? Any... I, I, have, I have nothing. Like, sports is not my, yeah. not so my I, thing. I think it's at least two... Uh, I know I've seen clips of it. It's one of those where it's an empty net and he kind of just shoots it down to clear the puck and it you know, bounces off the side and goes in. And I know he's done it, I think, at least twice. But maybe we'll add a one for safety in case it is a little more. You want to go three? Sounds perfect. 
perfectly good to me. I, I know you got a lot of thunder behind that one. So, <laughs> right. So we, we will say three. We're locking with three. Yeah, I think it is two. So I just said two. So actually, the correct answer is zero. Patrick Waugh what? never scored a goal. Really? Uh, he had 45 assists. Mm-hmm. Uh, Martin Brodeur has the most oh, in the hockey history by a goalie. He scored three. Oh, That's but Patrick Waugh never had one. It was Marty. It was, it was a Marty party, not a Roy boy. <laughs> what team was uh, Martin Brodeur from? Uh, the Devils. The Devils. Most famously. Hmm. Devils. Gotta support the team. We can move on. (laughs) All right. Round one, question four in the category of what else could you need? Beer is the third most consumed beverage in the world. What are the top two? All right. These guys are locked in. Assuming water counts, I think we're saying water and tea. I think tea is the number one. uh, Well, probably water is number one, then tea second. So. All right, so they said water and tea. Now, we initially thought definitely water, and then what were what were we thinking besides that? We were kind of debating between uh, tea and coffee is the other option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I yeah. think, yeah, geographically, yeah, there's probably a lot of tea drinkers. For sure. So, yeah, we also said water and tea. All right, so uh, both teams got that. It is water and tea. Nice job. Yay. Yeah, I just kind of assumed coffee would be less available worldwide than tea mm-hmm. all right so round one question five the category is too many notes um the question is most musical composers works are arranged around a numbering scheme called an opus which composer's work uses a different system called kershaw designated by a k instead of opus we are going to go ahead and lock in here okay so they're locked in yeah um i talked about mr holland's opus and that was not helpful and then then we we tried to figure out the the term sounded german so uh which german one are you leaning Uh, i don't know i can't i can't remember the problem is i have i have some like a playlist of instrumental music on my phone Mm -hmm. and i i'm trying to remember some of them are labeled by opus and I can't remember if Bach is one of them, but I feel like he is. Okay. Luckily, so then, there are only a handful of German composers to uh, choose from. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well. That's not helpful. Um, <laughs> maybe some Brahms, some... I kind of like Wagner, I think. Yeah, I don't have any any better like leaning. Like I said, I know I've heard this before, but I don't... It's not going to help, so... Okay. Well, as long as, as long as it's not Bach, I'll feel good with this. So we're going to lock in with Bachner. <laughs> it probably is, but that's fine. <laughs> you can't take it, Bach. We, uh, we ran through a few, including Beethoven and Handel, but we settled on Mozart. And the correct answer is Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Um, mm-hmm. Well, it wasn't Bach. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah, that's fine. Small win for us. After five questions, uh, it looks like Critical Failure took a lead with that question. They have 30 points, and team always need more dice with 20. All right, so we've got round one, question number six, in the category of Strike While the Iron is Hot. How many stones are thrown in one end or round of curling? All right, we are going to go ahead and lock in here. Okay. Okay. Um, Curling, very popular, usually once every four years for three months. And then you don't talk about it again. 
I I don't know. I don't know much about it. I do like watching it when it's, you know, mm-hmm. on TV this, once every four years. Um, I don't know. Like, the first number that came into my head was, was three mm-hmm. per team, but I don't know if that's based on anything. I think I think it's similar to bocce ball, and in that you each throw four balls. Okay. Because um, I think it's even similar that whoever's closest, the other team gets to go until they're out of stones. And Why then do you know the you rules to of bocce up. ball? He lives in a Florida retirement community. (laughs) (laughs) The stuff Matt knows sometimes is uh, tremendous. I can just see Matt Matt hustling some other seniors at the retirement home. I'll bet you $50 I can get closest to that ball. He throws the first game. The key to beating old people at bocce ball is to throw the the initial ball as far as possible. (laughs) They can't reach it. Yeah, unfortunately, that's one game that my Italian family does not play. So Yeah, so that's a hustler <laughs> tip for you guys out there. Um, so I think it might be four on each side, okay. making it eight. Do you want to lock in with eight? Sounds good to me. You sound like you know a little bit more about it than I do. So Well, a sound leg is the key there. So we're going to say <laughs> eight. Yes, I gave uh, Jeff the sign of the Van Buren boys, and I said eight. So you guys were both on the right track, but there are actually 16. Each person does do two, but there are four people per team. Mm. All right. Uh, Round one, question number seven. The category is the one with the fifth largest European country. Um, A town in what country is the namesake for four elements on the periodic table? Two bonus points if you can name the town. Okay, we'll lock in. The cl- the clue points to friends. Right. I don't know. The one element that came to mind immediately when you said that was like uh, fluoride. Maybe Florence. Florence. Is... Yeah. I, I kind of and I like that. So Florence and Italy. Yeah. It's better than nothing, at least. So, yes, it is okay. something we're locked in. I think Jeff actually got this question from seeing Lou Bega's uh, second single. I've got a girlfriend everywhere in his head. <laughs> um, actually, no, Ken, I, I, I got it because you told me when you were in Sweden, you actually visited Itterby, which is the town where we get all these chemical elements from. So I just remembered from your travels. So Itterby, Sweden is correct. Um, we were not somebody explain there. that no, question no. to me. <laughs> <laughs> yep, so Yttrium, Terbium, Erbium, and Yterbium are all named after Itterby, Itterby Sweden. Mm-hmm. And the friends clue was a mislead or? Yeah, there wasn't really. I just was just trying to think of something to fit in the fifth largest country so you could have something to start there. (laughs) He got you. He got you. He he warned us us right at the front, but we didn't listen. (laughs) And I believe uh, with Jeff naming the uh, city, they get two extra bonus points for 12 points. Cool. Perfect. So we've got round one, question number eight in the category of armies are overrated. What Central American country's electrical grid ran off of 99.6% renewable energy in 2019? So your, um, your Central American countries are Honduras, Belize, uh, Panama. Panama! So Honduras, Belize, Panama, Costa Rica, um, Nicar- what it, what Nicaragua. If, what if it's um, uh, water power? Sure. Water yeah. turbines, Panama Canal, Panama. You just want to go Panama. Panama! Which, I don't blame you. All right, let's go Panama. Panama! All right. 
That's right. That is the classic Central American country. Uh, now, Mary, you said that you'd been to Costa Rica. Did it seem pretty renewable when you were there? The energy uh, felt I, that way? It was very, very green, like as a country. Um, I think at the time they were not so much, but this was in middle school, so it was a very long time ago. Okay. So. Well, you didn't say that when we discussed, but you know what? We're going to lock in with Costa Rica anyway. All right. And the answer is Costa Rica. All right. Oh, wow. Yay. <laughs> Very cool. I, I like the image of Mary in Costa Rica walking around going, is it very renewable here? Can someone tell me? <laughs> is this all I like... think at the time they were still talking about a lot of deforestation problems, so I wasn't mm-hmm. really sure. But again, that was, you know, before the year 2000. So I... It's... <laughs> That's the first thing yeah. the concierge tells you at the hotel. You check in. Uh, excuse me. We are very renewable here. <laughs> here is a brochure to check out all of our renewable properties. See, and when they said that to me at the hotel, I just thought they were talking about selling me spa services. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, round one, question number nine. The category is Innocence 1. Um, within two, how many years after its inception in 1917 did it take for a woman to win the Pulitzer Prize? All right, we will lock in with a guess on this. Do you have a time frame that kind of you think in that you were thinking more of the 40s, right? I, yeah, I was thinking a little bit later towards the 40s. Yeah, I, I don't have okay. a good reason for that. Just <laughs> so let's. Uh, I think if we say 1942, get that 40 through 44 range. It's right in the sweet spot. Yeah, so, 42 is a good number. Okay. So. Now, just to clarify, your question was how many years it took, right? Oh. So you want to do oh. some math real quick? Yes. Yeah, I was. don't want to do the math. So 25. <laughs> that's your, right, 25? That's your one uh, gift. No, this game. wait. Uh, is that right? Yeah. Yeah, 17 plus yes, 25. 25. Yeah. I could, I could beautiful mind that. So we're, we're going to say 25. Beautiful minding, simple addition. <laughs> one plus one, what is it? Uh, we are just going to guess uh, 15. Because we have no idea what this is in reference to. All right, it actually was relatively quickly. Uh, Edith Wharton won the Pulitzer Prize in 1921 for the Age of Innocence. So it was actually only four years. Uh, wow. Wow. We were way off. Very much so. <laughs> so uh, round one, question number 10 in the category, the girl with the light colored hair. When mixed with a little bit of water, this seed, which is also the lowest value card in the original game of Pit, can be used in vegan cooking in place of an egg. Uh, we'll lock in. No, thank God. Uh, Although man. I think I knew it. <laughs> uh, Mary, are you in? vegan? Uh, yeah. I am not at all uh, anywhere close to vegan, but um, mm. but light-colored hair. Uh, one of the more poetic descriptors for being blonde in in, in books is having flaxen-colored hair, mm. and I know that flaxseed is a thing. Okay, uh, that sounds good to me, and we're gonna lock in with that. Now I think it's actually chia because when you put that in water, it gets kind of gelatinous. I've never actually tried the chia uh, egg trick but uh, I think it's chia so the answer that this question was leading you towards is flax okay um, chia is also 
an option for um, being used in place of an egg, but the lowest value card in the original game of Pit is Flax. Okay. Mm. I accept. Well, after 10 questions, it looks like always need more dice. Uh, have 40 points, and thanks to those two bonus points that Jeff got on the uh, question number seven, it uh, looks like Critical Failure will have 42, so they're just ahead of always need mm. more dice. Uh, right before we throw it to uh, Sebastian and Shanna for the swing round, just wanted to say you can join us on social media at Triviality Pod on Twitter and Instagram, or come say hello on our private Discord if you'd like a non-Facebook option. But if you do like Facebook, you can say hello at The Crop, where you'll see other uh, threads about each episode and some fun comments and trivia games that you can play. So come join us on social media and say hello. What do you have in store for us today? All right. So for the swing round, uh, there are going to be 10 questions. And this is a this is a category that we use sometimes when we do trivia with our friends. It's called what comes forth. So we're going to give you three items um, without any context. And you're going to have to tell us what comes forth in the series. So uh, question one of the swing round is H-E-N-E-A-R blank uh the next one is the lion the witch and the wardrobe prince caspian the voyage of the dawn treader blank and the next one is william mckinley warren g harding franklin delano roosevelt and then blank the next one is mcdonald's starbucks chick-fil-a blank the next one is balalaika, violin, banjo, blank. Next is par, birdie, eagle, blank. The next one is the Arctic Circle, the Tropic of Cancer, the Equator, and blank. Next is cheetah, puma, Jaguar, blank. <laughs> the this should be number nine is the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, mm. and blank. Family. <laughs> <laughs> and this one I'm probably going to pronounce poorly. I apologize. Uh, is hello, Nin Hao. Namaste, blank. All right, we're going to let the teams go over these questions and we'll be back with their answers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industry shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 
All of the answers are now locked in. So let's go back to the questions and get those answers. Sounds good. So question one was H-E-N-E-A-R. And uh, we said K-R for Krypton because we think these are noble gases. Uh, we also thought they were noble gases. But we said X-E because we, for Xenon, we're not sure which order they go in. That's what I said. <laughs> the correct but answer is KR. Krypton is the next noble gas down mm. the line. I have approximate knowledge of many things. <laughs> <laughs> if only all gas could be noble, right, Jeff? <laughs> You're fired. <laughs> Get out. All right. So the next one is The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, Prince Caspian, The Voyage of the Dawn Treader, Blank. Yeah, we weren't sure, so we just named a grunge band and we said Silver Chair. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Silver Chair. That's a good joke. Yeah, these are definitely Narnia books. Um, I think that they're skipping one in between them, but we're not 100% sure, sure, so we also said Silver Chair. So the answer is the Silver Chair, and these are the books in the original publication order. Mm. So. Right. So. Number three, we have William McKinley, Warren G. Harding, and Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Uh, we said JFK, uh, John Kennedy. We also said uh, John F. Kennedy. We think these are uh, presidents who died in office. That is correct. These are the four most recent presidents to die in office, so JFK is correct. The next one is McDonald's, Starbucks, Chick-fil-A, and Blink. Uh, we think this is um, in the order of popularity or locations, and we said Subway for number four. Yeah, we thought that these were the most possible locations. I'm not too sure about the second one. I've never heard of it. Um, but we locked in with Subway. So this is actually based on revenue um, for these companies, and so Taco Bell is the next mm. one. Oh. Uh, Yo, Caro. Correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, the next one is balalaika, violin, banjo, and blank. Okay. We think this is the number of strings on stringed instruments. So we said guitar for three, four, five, six. Uh, yeah. We we thought it had something to do with strings, but we weren't really sure. We said cello. So any six-string instrument would work. This is the number of strings. And as Mary pointed out, uh, a balalaika is a Russian stringed instrument. It has three strings. So it's okay. three, four, five guitar or any other six-stringed instrument. A six-string cello? No? <laughs> okay. If you have one in your house that you can show us, then maybe we'll <laughs> go for it. I'll make one. <laughs> All right. So the next one is par, birdie, eagle, and blank. Yeah, we said double eagle. Is that acceptable, or do you need the other? We were going for the form? other. Okay. Okay. Uh, Albatross. Uh, yeah, this is a question that I think I actually asked on the first ever game that I hosted, uh, so it's something that stuck with me. I'm pretty sure it's an Albatross. Nice job. It is an Albatross. Decreasing golf score terms. And then the next one is Arctic Circle, Tropic of Cancer, Equator, and then blank. We said Tropic of Capricorn. We also said Tropic of Capricorn. Yep. Major lines of latitude from north to south. This is Tropic of Capricorn. All right. We saw some lights going off uh, when we read this next one. So <laughs> uh, Cheetah, Puma, Jaguar, 
blank. Okay, we think this is a list of big cats in order of awesomeness, with Jaguar coming in third, Neil. <laughs> and uh, we thought the fourth place was Leopard. Oh, Leopard's a good one. Uh, yeah, we talked about every kind of big cat imaginable, including uh, Andre's big cat, Galarraga, who didn't make the list. Um, but we locked in with... It's very niche, I apologize. We, no, we I locked in with, it. <laughs> we, we locked in with Tiger. The answer is actually Panther. These are the first four Mac operating system names. Oh, oh I totally missed that. <laughs> yeah, Tiger I'm, was 10. <laughs> I'm just happy I found a kindred spirit in Mary who also appreciates the Jaguar. So. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So question nine was the Fast and the Furious, Too Fast, Too Furious, the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. And four would be just Fast and Furious, I think. We also said Fast and Furious. Yeah, strangely enough, the fourth one in the series is simply called Fast and Furious. So yes, that is correct. <laughs> also the name of Jeff's sex name. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll see myself out. I'm sorry. See, I get fired and you're the one who makes a sex tape. I, I resigned. <laughs> Right after he resigned before I could cancel him. Uh, all right, and the last one here. <laughs> Hello, ni hao, namaste, blank. And um, we think this is greetings, like hello, in uh, number of speakers who speak it. And uh, we just said hola for Spanish. Mm, that makes sense. Um, we weren't sure. Uh, the only other, and we were thinking of Asian greetings, and uh, the only one I could think of was Ang Yang. So it is greetings, um, and it's the total speakers of the language, and the answer is hola. Nice, nice teamwork on that one, Jeff. Yeah, it was a good one. Okay, after the swing round, it looks like team always needs more dice. Uh, it's picking up 30 points, bringing their total to 70. And uh, Team Critical Failure picking up 40, bringing their total to 82. Sounds good. And we'll go into round two. Question number one in the category of Herbie Hancock. Um, how many future presidents signed the Declaration of Independence? And two bonus points if you can name all of them. All right. We are going to go ahead and lock in based on our knowledge of history and the musical Hamilton. Uh -huh. Tenuous, though, it may be in both cases. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> We're somewhere around four or five. Does that sound? Yeah, something like that. Um, Based on names we've thrown out, yeah. And you don't think Washington was one of them? I'm not sure is the only thing. I, I just don't know. Yeah. Um, he couldn't find his pen or something, and they just kind of took it away. And he's like, ah, oh, dang. Yeah, I'm not sure. Cause I, I know that. I just feel like he I, he may not have been a part of a bunch of the 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 putting together, and then they they yeah. pulled him in to be president because he was a general. Okay, um, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, so if it would be four, you would be thinking one of the Adams. We'll just say Adams. Right. Jefferson. Uh, yeah. And then probably Madison and Monroe. Does that sound? Sure. Yeah. Okay, those those are our four, and we're locked in. That is what we said for um, John Adams, the first, uh, Jefferson, Madison, and Monroe. So the correct answer is two. It was just John Adams and Thomas Jefferson. Mm. Hmm. Very exclusive. <laughs> 
Well, there was no space after John Hancock signed, I think is what happened. It's too big. <laughs> they were there with their quills ready, and they ran out of space. They sold out. Sorry, folks. All right, round two, question number two in the category of non-avian dinosaurs. In color theory, what do you call a color type that is a combination such as yellow-orange or blue-green? Okay, we are going to go ahead and lock in here. So whenever you guys are ready. We've kind of decided that these are colors that are next to each other on the color wheel, right? Right. So and and, and, and they're combinations. So it's, it's combinations of colors that are next to each other, yeah. Right. Okay. Oh, so that would be secondary colors, right? Because there's primary. Oh. And, does that make yes. sense? Yes. Yes, that, that is the correct word. Okay, so okay. secondary colors. <laughs> Locked it. <laughs> that took too, way too long. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. All right. We think the secondary colors are like orange, Ow. purple, and green. So we think these are tertiary colors. Mm -hmm. That's the actual answer, yes. <laughs> it is the actual answer. Tertiary is correct there. Well, I think we just needed like another minute to, to go. <laughs> right. One, one, more our first. Oh. one more step. It was so exciting. You guys were getting there and then I, not quite there. No. But. Have I mentioned that it's cold? My brain doesn't work. What's <laughs> 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 <No>, my excuse? <laughs> so, speaking of cold, it looks like Shanna's working on like a, a scarf or a sweater over there. What do you What are you crafting? I'm actually making. Um, they're called mucklucks, but they're basically slippers. So I've got um, one that's mostly done here that I can show you guys. It's not. Um, it's like Ooh, high wow. top. Ooh to looks, um, wear with my socks and keep my feet warm. <laughs> very cozy. Very yes, it cozy. does. A, a lady of many talents, yes. as it turns out. I, I do fall into the knit. librarian uh, stereotype of knitting and sitting in my rocker here. <laughs> Living the dream. All right. Round two, question number three. Um, and the category is earning some dough. Uh, there are 94 elements that have at least a trace amount present in the Earth's crust. What element is the most abundant? Okay, so we're you you initially said nitrogen. Uh, you think it's a gas, and I yeah. said aluminum, and you said no. <laughs> so. <laughs> I, I said I don't think, which is slightly different than no, but yeah. Uh, well, that's what I heard. Um, but I'm 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 okay with nitrogen. I think that that's yeah. something okay. that there's a lot of. So nitrogen, it is. And uh, we guessed silicon. So uh, the most abundant element in the Earth's crust is actually oxygen by almost a factor of two. Um, silicon is second, aluminum is third, iron, and then calcium. Mm. All right. Uh, round two, question number four. Category is dead mice. In 2015, this artist performed their 65th show at Madison Square Garden, eclipsing Elton John as the person with the most performances there. All right. We are locked in. Okay. So my initial stupid thought was John Mellencamp because cougars kill mice. And then we moved on <laughs> <laughs> to, to real discussions. Uh, and you said Billy Joel. Well, yeah, it was my first instinct. And I can't remember. I feel like he's played a lot of shows at one location and I feel like it might have been Madison Square Garden and he just keeps playing there like consistently. Okay. And I I have nothing against Mr. Joel, so we are going to lock in with Billy Joel. Yeah, we were trying not to get hung up on the uh, dead mice category and say dead mouse. Um, mm -hmm. We are 
saying Billy Joel because we think it's the right answer. So um, the the dead mice um, clue there is that uh, dead mouse is name is Joel. So the answer is Billy Joel. Um, All right. <laughs> we find this uh, question amusing because I have a really weird block in my brain between Elton Joel, uh, Elton John, and Billy Joel, and I hear songs of theirs, and I'm like, it's this one wait no it's that one and it's like i i just can't get it right and it's hilarious to everybody who knows about one is it. the piano <laughs> man like, and the other is not, the rock they don't even man. sound the same i'm like <laughs> i they're connected in my head too for no reason like i i but but because i love billy joel and i hate elton john music <laughs> but i don't know why they're related I'm like the opposite <laughs> I think I hate half of both of their music. I don't like half of both. Of them. That's, that's a reasonable. Approach. I love that he's always playing Madison Square Garden and like the the Booker for Madison Square Garden is like, all right, who do we have next Sunday? And it's like, oh, Billy Joel signed his name again. I guess he's coming back in. It's like an open mic. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, in round two, question number five. Uh, the category is Dubuque's finest. Um, Jay Berwanger was the first Heisman Trophy winner, as well as the number one overall pick in the first NFL draft. Name either the team that drafted him or the team to whom his rights were traded. Yes, but how many games did he play? Zero. Um, I was really hoping you had more than that because I, yeah. I, I have I have less than nothing. So. Um, I hope we get it right because then we can outmat a sports question again. I know. On this one. I think. I think he was drafted by the Browns and then was traded to the Steelers, but I don't, I'm not hundred percent sure, but I think Browns is right. Are you okay going with the Browns? I I'm okay going with whatever. <laughs> okay. Noted winning team, the Cleveland Browns. All right. I know this because Jay Berwanger's son was my guidance counselor in junior high and uh, he got drafted to the Chicago bears. Hmm. So actually, he was drafted to the Eagles and traded to the Bears, oh. but you did name oh. the Bears, and that is correct. Okay. Um. <laughs> okay. 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 Okay, Sebastian. Okay. That is <laughs> quite an in to that question. <laughs> that is an in. After five in the second round, looks like uh, team critical failure at 112, and team always need more dice with 80. All right. Um, in the second round, question number six. Knitter's gonna knit. It may seem like acting is a glamorous profession, but the ugly truth is that there's a lot of downtime involved between takes. Actors and actresses like Uma Thurman, Ryan Gosling, Audrey Hepburn, and many others knit to pass the time. This actress is plum crazy for knitting and blogs about what she creates, stash enhancement from local yarns she visits, in addition to other bloggy things. All right, we are going to go ahead and lock in with a guess. Um, but the most important thing here is that we would like to see Ryan Gosling doing some knitting. <laughs> yeah. Um, you said so. You you said you had a story that you thought somebody. Well, the, was... I just the uh, the the only thing knitting and actors bring to mind is I, I I think there were stories from the set of Fury Road, where I and I want to say it was Charlize Theron was teaching a bunch of the war boys how to knit between takes mm. because. There was so little to do. Yeah. Um, but that's like just a story. I don't know if it's relevant yeah. at all. And then Charlie Theron's cousin was actually my middle school guidance counselor. So <laughs> <I don't> <laughs> <laughs> the story. 
<laughs> sounds familiar to me. Um, I'm okay with blocking with Charlie Theron. If okay. She does a lot of stuff. Why not knitting? Okay, locked in. Yeah, that's a great answer. Um, we just uh, went with Reese Witherspoon because we know she likes to do a lot of, a lot of stuff, a lot of interactive blogging. I think I don't know. So the uh, clues in this one were actually the ugly truth. Uh, this actress starred in that movie, and um, Plum Crazy. She played a character, Stephanie Plum, in One for the Money, and it is Catherine Heigl. Mm. I knew it was a clue. I just didn't know right. what it meant. It would have helped if those were movies I'd ever seen. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, round two, question number seven in the category, A Bitter's Pill to Swallow. What is the best-selling cocktail in the world? Um, oh, boy. So there's a lot of different options here. I think my guess would be it would be a whiskey-based drink. Um so you're looking at like a Manhattan or uh, when you say bitters and, and popular Manhattan is kind of was where my thoughts went. Cause I don't whiskey a, drink though. So yeah. Cause like otherwise, you know, if it's like, it wouldn't be a mojito cause there's, that's mint and uh, even like a Cosmo is a vodka with uh, a cherry and vermouth, right. I think. So I think the only thing with the bitters that makes sense would be a Manhattan. So do you want to lock in with that? I like it. Okay. Manhattan. Matt, as the only drinker between us, uh, do you prefer like a, a whiskey drink or a vodka drink or a cider sometimes drink? A, sometimes or? a lager drink. <laughs> okay. <laughs> sometimes. But then I get uh, knocked down. Just... It's a whole thing. I'll tell you how that ends eventually. <laughs> uh, we're just keeping it simple on this one and saying rum and Coke or a Cuba Libre. Okay, well, the actual answer, and you guys did lock onto the bitters pretty well, but it is the different bitters and whiskey drink. It is an old-fashioned. Mm. Old-fashioned. Uh, uh, round two. do more research is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Get right on, though. Let us know how it goes. <laughs> if yeah, you can remember. Sure. Uh, well, that's when I get back up again. See, that's how that ends. You didn't know that. <laughs> Round two, question number eight. Settlers of Catan, this is not. We're all a little tired of the word quarantine at this point, but what sweet board game was originally developed for kids quarantined in a polio ward in San Diego? Never mind. We thought this was going a different direction. <laughs> You're really excited for a Settlers of Catan We're question. Like, Pandemic. <laughs> Wrong. Locking onto the sweet. Now, what kind of sweet games do you think? Uh, my guess would be Candyland. Yeah, I don't think it's High Ho Cherio, which is also a little sweet, but I think Candyland <laughs> is what we're going to lock in. Yeah. Someone doesn't think apples to apples are very sweet. <laughs> not, not sweets and ladders. <laughs> sweets and ladders is genius. But uh, we too said Candyland. Nice job. It is Candyland. What's the name of the, the king in that? The the meat. Oh, it's Queen Frostine, and it's King Candy. Oh, is it King Candy? Yeah. Okay. I remember there was someone who was like an overlord of the of there's the like land. The, the, there's like Fudge <laughs> Muck or whatever. There's like the lollipop person. They change them between yeah. editions too. So. Fudge Muck is actually uh, what they use for Joe Pesci on the TV <laughs> version of Goodfellas. <laughs> well, this this devolves very quickly. <laughs> Oh, getting back on track. Uh, <laughs> round two, question number nine. Uh, the category is seven seconds or less. Uh, this famed mathematician was the subject of the 74th Best Picture Oscar winner and made a major contributions to game theory. 
Yeah, we can lock in. Also, that's the name of Ken's sex tape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> oh, boy. You guys got lots of jokes today. Uh, yeah, you had to do it to me. I had to do it to you. <laughs> that's the name of Matt's sex tape. <laughs> <laughs> Just need one more. <laughs> this is the name of Neil's sex tape. Are you guys done yet? That's Never the name done. of Neil's sex tape. <laughs> so now, um, do you know this offhand, any chance? Uh, I'm not, imp- no, I, I know it's a name that I know. I'm not entirely positive of the details. Uh, so yeah, the, I mean, I, when I hear it, I'll, I'll be mad because I know it's something that I've heard on this show probably 10 to 15 times already at some point in time. Um, I know that, uh, I don't want to even, is it something with the Fields medal? Right. Oh yeah. Movie? I don't know. Um, it was uh, yeah, I, ooh, maybe that there were what was the movies that I know that they've or people mathematicians that I know they've made movies about is a, a shorter list. Uh, I know touring mm-hmm. was one, um, mm-hmm. but that's more recent. I don't know. You we can we can say you said Alan. What who is it? it Turing. Alan Turing was. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that was more recent, but I'm not sure. Yeah, but he's definitely a mathematician, so, so we got that going for us. So we okay. can, we'll lock in with that one. Alan Turing, locked in. All right, we think this guy was an excellent mathematician and also pretty good at basketball, unless I'm getting my Nashes confused. So we said Nash. Okay, yeah, his name is actually John Nash, mm. um, but the the category was to lead you to Nash, yes. Um. Nash equilibriums. Star of Nash Bridges. all right round two final question number 10 in the category russia is our russia is our sacred state sergey prokofiev's war and peace was the first opera performed at the sydney opera house within two years what year did this occur um it's more recent or not more but it's like i think it's in the 40s the the sydney opera house being made mm-hmm. and initially 1947 is what came to my mind do you have any reason to think anything else i do not no okay <laughs> okay <laughs> um i forget what it was but i i know that this was all uh in, in something recently so i i might be way off and then i'll pretend like i didn't say this and i'll make ken cut it but he won't uh we'll lock in with 1947 yeah i, I was pretty sure it was like mid-century so we just guessed 1950 so the year that this opera occurred was in 1973 (laughs) much later than we thought well after regulation the (laughs) 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 well (laughs) I feel like I'm one of those like cartoon overweight cowboys I have to pull up his pants like well after regulation At least it's not Carnival Barker, Neil. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. Uh, okay. <laughs> After regulation, it looks like Team Always Need More Dice has 90 points to work with going into the final round, and Team Critical Failure with 132. So what are those categories they will be wagering on today? Uh, so your categories are video games, sports, stones, fruit, and African-American firsts. 
All right, all the wagers are now locked in. Before we get to the questions, just wanted to mention that we have some Patreon supporters here in the studio with us today. And if you'd like to join them and get uh, wonderful perks like a ton of bonus audio content, some posters, boxes, stickers, everything like that, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast and keep help supporting our show. Uh, we have this uh, new sound equipment that we're transitioning over to, and we couldn't do it without the support of all of our patrons. So please join them at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Let's get to those questions. All right. In the final round in the category of the video games, uh, Final Fantasy has had many auxiliary titles in addition to the official numbered installments in the saga. What number was recently announced to be the next entry in the official series to be released on the PlayStation 5? In the category of sports, name four of the top five cities with the most sports titles among the four major sports. All right. Question three in stones. The American Gem Society assigns a birthstone to each month. According to birth data from the Daily Viz, which of these stones would represent the most U.S. births? Question number four in the category of fruit. What exotic fruit, popular in Agua Fresca, has the highest amount of vitamin C per cup? And in the last question in the final round, uh, in African-American firsts, 1958 saw the first African-American to win a Grammy, and in fact, there were two that won that year. One was a female jazz vocalist, and the other was a male jazz performer. Name both. All right, we'll be right back with our answers. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jane Perlez, longtime foreign correspondent and former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. I've been a foreign correspondent in lots of places, Somalia, Indonesia, Pakistan, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I mean, China is not dropping anti-democratic paratroopers into Montana. But of course, we did see things like the weather balloon slash spy balloon riveting the whole country for a week. This is Face Off, an eight-part series in which we'll take you behind the scenes to key moments in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. We'll speak with a diplomat, a spy, a tech reporter, a U.S. admiral, even Yo-Yo Ma. Plus, my pal and noted China historian Rana Mitter joins the conversation. We'll look at what's driving the two nations apart and explore whether anything can help bring them back together. Face-Off launches April 9th. All the answers are now locked in. Let's go back and hear those questions one more time. 
And the first question in video games. Uh, Final Fantasy has many has had many auxiliary titles in addition to the official numbered installments in the saga. What number was recently announced to be the next entry in the official series to be released on the PlayStation 5? All right, we wagered a big 30 on this one, and we believe this is a big 16. Uh, we also wagered 30, and we also said 16. Credit for both teams. Uh, the answer is 16. Question number two in the category of sports. Name four of the top five cities with the most sports titles among the four major sports. All right. We bet zero on this, but I have a good feeling that we're going to do okay because uh, I, I think it's Boston, New York, L.A., and Pittsburgh. All right. We wagered 20. Uh, we also think it was L.A., New York, and Boston. Uh, and then we threw in the hometown, Chicago, for all their Bulls championships and pre-Super Bowl Bears championships. So we said Chicago. All right. And in no particular order, uh, we do have Boston, L.A., New York, Detroit, and Chicago. Mm-hmm. I did say Detroit. I was nervous about Detroit. I felt like they were in there. <laughs> all right. Um, in the category of stone. The American Gym Society assigns a birthstone to each month, according to birth data from the Daily Viz. Which of these stones would represent the most U.S. births? Yep, this was tough for us. Uh, we weren't sure if the most people were born in September or, not, or October. That was somewhere we were guessing around. And we had no idea on the stones. So we just guessed sapphire for 15 points. We wagered 10 on this one, and uh, we were thinking that most births were in November. And uh, I think we settled on Topaz as that birthstone. So the correct month is September, and mm. the correct stone for September is Sapphire. Wow. No way. Oh, my God. <laughs> so here's, here's, here's what I was trying to remember is I – mine is like a pinkish stone, and I wanted a ring that had my birthstone. And so I picked blue because that's my favorite color, and I thought it was September, and that's why I guess Sapphire. But you were wrong? No. Well, no, I, I – we – what do you mean I was wrong? We got it right. No, we were right, but you were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. Yeah. To make us right. Yeah. That's all that matters. Okay. <laughs> the next question, question number four in the category of fruit. What exotic fruit, popular in Agua Fresca, has the highest amount of vitamin C per cup? All right. We wagered 15, and we really had no idea on this until I thought about coconut water which we think might be what Agua Fresca is. Could be wrong, but that's what we went with is coconut. Um, so we wagered 20 on this one. Um, I was thinking to our Agua Fresca martini we had when I worked at Mr. Jordan's Steakhouse, um, and it was actually a watermelon base, but I know that they're fruit, so we weren't sure, and watermelon's not very exotic. So we said papaya. Papaya is a pretty good guess. It's got a lot of vitamin C, but guava... Mm -hmm. is the answer. Oh, How many yeah. times did I say guava? You said guava quite I don't a even bit. know what a guava is. I don't think I've ever eaten a guava. you got to expand your fruit horizons. That's true. How do you eat a guava? Do you peel it and you eat it? Is there a pit? Am I going to choke? Do you peel it? What do you do? There's so many questions about this. I don't know. you got to boil it first. <laughs> oh. All right. This old guava. Why, why is, why is uh, fruit that you haven't eaten so intimidating? <laughs> I don't know, especially the ones that have a lot of, like, pointy, you know. Like, how do you eat a, a jackfruit? <laughs> what The dragon fruit is the one that looks really the scary. The dragon fruit's scary. Yeah. Uh, 
All right. And the last question in the final round, uh, an African-American first. 1958 saw the first African-American to win a Grammy. And in fact, there were two that year. One was a female jazz vocalist. The other was a male jazz performer named both. So we wagered uh, 10 points on this one. And one we're sure of, that's Ella Fitzgerald. The other one, I think I came up with it after the fact, but we locked in with Ray Charles. Uh, we also wagered 10 points. We also said Ella Fitzgerald as one, and then we said Louis Armstrong for the other. So Ella Fitzgerald is correct, um, and the male jazz performer is Count Basie. Mm. Oh, that was yeah. He played piano, right, Neil? Yes. Yep. He was a band leader, yep. That was, yeah. That's who I was trying to think of instead of Duke Ellington. Mm. I just couldn't remember. You couldn't remember the, the title. <laughs> one was a Duke count and the Duke. other was a Count. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's, Count Basie has a great uh, album with Frank Sinatra. Okay. All right. After the points have been tabulated, it looks like, I don't know why my voice is doing this. <laughs> I'm hey, Howard What's the score today? Howard a great bout between two boxes of high character. Okay. Uh, Who is that? Howard Cosell. Cosell. Howard Cosell. Yeah. Going punch for punch, fighting for the lives. Okay. Uh, I just couldn't remember your team name. All right. Always needs more dice. All right. After the final points have been tabulated, it looks like always need more dice is going to end with uh, 100 even, which is a respectable score. But today's cream of the crop with 152 points is Critical Failure. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Critical hit now. Mm. That's true. <laughs> great uh, great game. Thank you. Oh, congrats nice. again. Uh, who's, yeah, the monkey was, off his was... back is now roaming the studio free now. So, <laughs> Looking for its next victim. <laughs> Maybe we should teach it baseball like the movie Ed. <laughs> That was a chimp, wasn't it? It was probably, yeah, it was probably a chimp. It's an yeah. ape. Re- regardless, that was a quick pull. Thank you. <laughs> Anytime there's a Matt LeBlanc movie with an anthropomorphic uh, sidekick, then I, I can pull it up. Yeah, they didn't make the Friends movie. I want to see that Marcel. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, uh, first of all, let's thank uh, Mary for joining us today. You were a great partner to Matt. Any final words or shout-outs you'd like to give? Really great game. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, I feel like my brain was not operating uh as well as it should in some places, but we did all right. Um, and yeah, you were uh, a fine teammate, approved, <laughs> Matt approved. Uh, one thing I can I can shout out if uh, if people are out there uh, interested in uh, ha- in in since we were talking about gaming and stuff, um, I'm part of a a gaming group that puts out uh, actual plays uh, in podcast form and YouTube form. And uh, if you have awesome. any interest in listening to other people game, which is kind of a niche market, but I know that there is an audience, uh, gamingwithoutgaming.com uh, is where you can find links to all of that. Very cool. That sounds great. So gamingwithoutgaming.com, mm-hmm. check it out. Thank you for joining us, Mary. Uh, and a very big thank you to Sebastian and Shanna for uh, just a wonderful game. Great questions. I wish I could have played, but uh, any final words, shout outs from both of you? We'll just shout out to our, our Barons trivia friends who uh, have kept us triviaing throughout this uh, fun COVID times that we've all uh, been dealing with. But uh, it kind of has spurred us to be able to, to write some questions and they test ran it with us. And uh, it's been fun getting to know some of them and still being able to do this. And thank you guys for having us because uh, uh, it was awesome. We've been looking forward to it. 
Yeah, it's our pleasure. We, we had a great uh, time getting to know all of you. And uh, Mary, if, if any paintings become available, please let us know. Shanna, if you have any of those awesome socks available for sale, Muck please. Lux. They're Mugluxes. Mugluxes, is that what it is? Yeah, she's, she's promised to send us one between the four of us. Just one to share. Just one. <laughs> you can just pass it around amongst yourselves. You get one Muckluck. Sisterhood of my, the Traveling Muckluck. Is that what it is? My left foot is now cold. <laughs> Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, all of you, for joining us. Matt, thank you for being as charismatic as ever. Uh, we appreciate it. I'm just going to single you out because you're smiling, you're happy, it's making us all feel good, and I hope the people you fired today have a, a rest, good rest of their lives. Um, but uh, thank you very, very much. Well their future endeavors. <laughs> exactly. Uh, well, thank you very much uh, to the Patreon supporters we have here in the studio and to everyone else who supported our show for Ken, Jeff, Matt, Mary, Sebastian, Shanna, my name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Yeah, because, of course, my brain goes, where the hell do we get the name Iterbium from? Yeah. Which is, then I looked it <laughs> my up. My brain like, goes, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to remember this. And that's why we work so well together. <laughs>